0: Global Bitcoin Fest. Celebrate Bitcoin adoption with Bitcoin communities worldwide.
1: Welcome to Global Bitcoin Fest. And this week we are meeting the Sudan Bitcoin Maxi community. Super excited to meet you all. Global Bitcoin Fest. We are a group of plebs that started doing um, free sats giveaways in Latin America and Spanish. And uh, that was 2021, the bull market. And we're trying to show lightning to people. And uh, we became a little crew in a Twitter chat. And one day, one person suggested, let's do a 24-hour non-stop Twitter space uh, the day when El Sabro goes live with the Bitcoin legal tender law to celebrate Bitcoin adoption. And uh, we had six days to organize this. And uh, at first we thought, this is not a good idea. But uh, within 12 hours, we were all preparing and trying to figure out what should we call this. And it was... Uh, a really hectic six days of preparation and it was an amazing 24-hour experience and with that we were so excited hearing uh, all these communities come in and do one-hour sessions and talk about what's happening in their community in their country and we decided let's do this once a week and hear uh, from bitcoin communities all over the world we have uh, a lot of countries to cover. We've covered almost fifty countries now, and today, super excited to meet the Sudan Bitcoin community. Yes. So with that start, we are going to introduce ourselves. I'm Lucas, uh, I'm a Global Bitcoin Fest pleb and host of this uh, show. And I started my journey with shitcoins back in 2013 uh, when I had a couple of days to do some research and I ended up buying a Coin called feather coin because it was the cheapest of all coins that was possible to buy back then it was even cheaper than Dogecoin and um, Then I forgot about it until 2017 when I got kicked out of my company um, and I went traveling had some time on my hands did some more looked into Bitcoin and I uh, Thought okay, I'll have half of uh, in Bitcoin and half in other stuff. But I got confused in the block size wars, listening to Roger Ver and other people, and I went all in on shit coins eventually, lost 98% of everything and got a real distaste for Bitcoin. And yeah, uh, only in 2020, when I sold my company and had to think about how to save and, Really had to read up. I came back to Bitcoin and studied it for real after all these years of doing stupid stuff and realized this is the only way to save responsibly. and met a lot of great Bitcoiners in Twitter spaces in 21 and became maximalized. So I'm pretty new here. And as I didn't know what to do um, to contribute, I've been trying to uh, do this with Go Bitcoin Fest and the Bitcoin Fest crew. So that's me. And um, otherwise, I have a startup to sign uh, to um, send emails, so it's a, something completely different. But I hope to integrate Bitcoin into that. Uh, I've been building for the past two years and hope to go into beta this year. That's me. Uh, Sudan Hodul. Hey, nice to have you here as co-host. Thanks for bringing everybody. Please introduce yourself.
2: Thank you, Lucas, and uh, thank you for the crew in uh, Global Bitcoin Festival. Uh, I'm a big fan of this festival since the very beginning. I was like, who Who are these guys who's going to do 24-hour space? <laughs> and um, we ended up participating in the Ferris version. And, um, I'm, I'm really glad to see all the uh, platform is being built around this work. Short introduction. Um, my name is Mutaz. Uh, short for my name is Mo. Um, I like when people call me Sudan Hadul as well. <laughs> yeah, my journey with Bitcoin started maybe in 2014, 2015. I was in the middle of researching many different things and um, I came across um, Andreas' work, Andreas Santopoulos. I think many people will uh, remember him still now. And uh, his book, The Internet of Money, um, I, I was very curious and then I was starting to read about it a little bit more. I started... Um, looking into his second book and things like that and like many other people and similar to your experience lucas with the ico um, bubble and all the kind of noise that came with it i became distracted a little bit as well and i got into other um, crypto quote-unquote cryptocurrencies like uh, neo or uh, eos or which all kind of promised uh, great success and promised to be the next bitcoin Uh, so i had my stage uh, with that and uh, I came to also realize that uh, Bitcoin, there was a little bit of the Dunning-Kruger curve type of thing because I I thought I was... I, I had it all figured out. And then I was like, oh, I don't really uh, know much about anything really in this area. So um, the journey started with, uh, with the help of many, many people in uh, Twitter, Bitcoin Twitter, um, that help us uh, to really understand uh, the bigger picture. Uh, so moving on, uh, start to talk to family and friends uh, about Bitcoin, what could offer. When you come from Sudan, uh, it's a country with a, a huge problem with inflation. So it's easy to find uh, the the reasons to talk with people about it as well. By training, I'm um, a medical doctor, graduated in Sudan and trained in emergency medicine in Ireland. And um, in 2017-18, maybe partially due to Bitcoin, I changed my career to work more in um, uh, integrative medicine uh, prevention and um, change to kind of general practice and uh, i try to uh, help bringing uh, bitcoin to sudan day by day we we learn how to kind of go forward with this and with the help
1: of amazing people like shams and Crypto. Uh hopefully we can succeed in that yay and uh, yeah i remember the session we did with you and cal casa that was really awesome back in 7 september 2021 you are one of the uh, super awesome Bitcoiners joining. Hey, a brother of Sudan HODL, BTC Sudan. Nice to meet you. Please introduce yourself.
3: Hello, everyone. Uh, actually, I'm the young brother of Matas. So I got... The idea of Bitcoin from him. He told me about Bitcoin every time. It saves the world. Save your money. Even even you you and your home country or outside is more is more safety more than bank's account. Actually, my name is Mustafa, 23 years old. I'm I'm still a student, but I'm also DJing, trying to have music. Maybe I'm beginner Bitcoin. Yeah, not all in Bitcoin. Thank you.
1: Very welcome. Hey, um, a dose of sunshine and uh, one of our eminent d DJ. DJ is selecting the music for today.
3: Hey,
4: Lucas. Hello, everyone. I'm glad to have such a nice gathering, all interested in the Sudan situation and Bitcoin. My name is Shems. Shems is an Arabic word for Sun. That's why like, I chose the name A dose of Sunshine. I actually got to know Bitcoin about an year, and an year and a half ago, also through the Bitcoin Sudan Twitter account. First, I got interested the way how everyone gets interested in Bitcoin because it's something new, you know. We didn't know anything about uh, cryptocurrencies or shit coins or anything in Sudan because the whole idea of online banking system is also new to us. Thank God for the internet and for Twitter because uh, through the Sudan Bitcoin account and through Murtas Sudan Hodl, he was pushing the tweets about how... Uh, Bitcoin is important, very strongly into the Sudanese timeline and in Arabic, which was easy for us to understand and to pay attention to. Um, When I started to get into Bitcoin, I just got into it for the sake of uh, hodling and saving money, because we all know how the fiat system is affecting our currencies in our local countries especially in a, in a country like Sudan where the inflation in addition to all of the the instability of the economic, economic situation and and the social situation of the people how all of that can affect our Fiat system and how it's making each day by day it's making our lives harder. Uh, Sudan right now in terms of economic it's it's the situation is tougher than how it was last year and it's tougher than how it was two years ago and it's going to continue to be tough because the fiat system is not a fair system. People work and work and work hard for the money and the money's value keeps decreasing by the day. That's why I think it's very important that we get to know more about Bitcoin for all of the knowledge it's bringing because I'm one of the people getting uh, the space going. I'm also very excited to talk to everyone and to listen to all the spaces from all of the other countries. I think this is a really great idea for everyone to connect. And to meet. And as I said in my video, I'm really glad that everyone from all of the world we're working together towards one big goal. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Adolfo Sunshine. What a cool name! Cool spin on your name. I like that. A hey, um, Mr. Cryptor.
0: Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for this opportunity, and many thanks for my brother, uh, Dr. Motes. Okay, for this invitation, actually, I really appreciate uh, Dr. Motes as. Uh, I can't tell, okay, he's the first Sudanese Bitcoiner I ever known, okay. And uh, thank you, Lucas, for this opportunity. Uh, actually, I, I first time I heard about the Bitcoin was back in 2015, 16, okay. Uh, at that time, I was a stock trader, okay, not a full-time job. Okay, I'm, uh, basically, I'm a polymer engineer working in R&D. So this has, let's say, like a habit or full my free time, something like this. So I was doing stock trading. Okay, which was very pouring for me. Okay, uh, then I started to do some uh, Forex trading here and there. Then I start to hear about this cryptocurrency, okay, the Bitcoin. Uh, I remember first time I tried to buy it. I couldn't buy it. Living live in the Middle East, so I couldn't buy it. Uh, even MasterCard, Visa card, okay, no way to get in, into this space. But uh, lately, beginning of 2017, okay, well, that was my first Bitcoin I bought. Okay, not because of with Bitcoin, just I want to enter the space. If you all remember that 2017 was the era of the ICOs, okay, and all this uh, shit coins around. So we, I remember we had this uh, small group in Telegram, we named it uh, ICO Hunters. So we were like uh, having our own radar to capture the first icos okay to be the first adapters or the first buyers so we can sell it before a uh, bump so all this so uh then we uh, we went through all this cycle of uh, crypto shit uh, trading okay <laughs> and i end up like wondering about uh, what what actually i'm doing here okay um yes i'm sometimes i'm gaining money some uh, most of the time i'm losing it okay so what is it all about then i I left the market uh, during the uh, the peer market it was in 2019, I remember. And back in 2020, I went, I came back to the crypto space, but I said, I told myself, okay, this time I need to think in a different way, okay? Uh, no more ICOs, no more shit coins, okay? I want to get into what is bitcoin so i start to listen to andre's uh videos okay and then uh, dr safe dean almost book the, the the bitcoin standard book okay uh but that time i had my mba so i got some touch on the economics so i just want what i'm putting the, the link Okay, between all these dots, okay, about the philosophy behind the Bitcoin and what this guy, Satoshi Nakamoto, did to us, okay, how he served the world. Then I went to the rabbit hole of the Bitcoin. I have some programming background, so I went deep, literally deep, okay, starting from what what is the the technicality behind the the wallet, okay, Uh, what is the seed phrase, okay, what is the miracle tree, Uh, what is the uh, Byzantine uh, tolerance uh, fault, okay. Then every time, every single day I spent in this rabbit hole, I get amazed about how this guy, Satoshi Nakamoto, end up with this magic. For me, it was like a miracle, okay? Like, I, I, I like to be there in this rabbit hole, okay? because combining this cryptographic science with the networking with the with this economic philosophy and uh, the decentralization aspect of it, okay it was literally amazing. this is a miracle. So when I went uh, outside this rabbit hole, okay I turned to be... Bitcoin maxi. Now I felt that I have a message that I have to deliver. There is a poor people in my home country, okay, that doesn't know anything about this. And I can see how they are suffering. And I believe I have the solution in my head. So I started to look, where are other Sudanese Bitcoiners? Where are they? So I went to Twitter spaces, okay. I came to, to uh, No Brother uh, Mortez, okay, and a number of Sudanese Bitcoiners here and there. But unfortunately, 99% of the people who, Sudanese people who are in this space, are running behind the shitcoins, okay? For, for the dream that uh, you're going rich very fast or very quick. I told myself, you know what? Let me do it in bigger scale, not in an individual level. Let me do a project or startup that can help the community and to do it right in a scientific way. Okay, I started to learn about the blockchain. I became a, a blockchain architect. Then I studied the smart contracts just in order to mimic the Sudanese market for the beginning, or let's say for a for startup. okay? Because the Sudanese market, the crypto Sudanese market or the crypto Sudanese community, most of them, they don't know what is the Bitcoin. Yes, in the world, in the world in term, yeah. Okay. They know what is Bitcoin. Okay. But what is the philosophy behind Bitcoin? Nobody knows. Okay. And most of them, they don't care. Why? Because they they are not looking for, uh, let's say, decentralization things. Okay, this is not it's in their awareness. They all care about is to have money now. Okay, to bring food to the table. This is what the main concern. So, in in order for me, okay, to penetrate this market, I have to first speak the same language. Then I can go and take it further. Then I start learning about the lightning, Bitcoin lightning. Okay, the layer two. Okay, and started to work with the. Uh, the BTCP PTCP server, doing some experimentation, okay, and successfully transfer some Bitcoin in Sudanese pound, okay. So I did a lot of things that I wanted to implement it in community scale. So I had my startup, which was launched back in August 2022, okay, and just after two months from starting the project, the Sudanese central bank banned crypto cryptocurrency overall, so For me, that was a dead end, as on the, let's say, official level, okay, but in the community level, here I'm talking to you. I'm talking to other Sudanese who I, I would love to have chat with them. Okay, so we can build something more solid.
1: Yes. That's a great intro and uh, exciting journey. Uh, you went deep. Okay. Um, thank you so much guys for the introductions. Uh, seems like we have a really solid Maxi crew here. With that, it's time for another song. And uh, this song is not any song. This is um african and sudanese song by the sudanese choir of music and drum with a collaboration with some of the most famous african singers from morocco ethiopia uganda and tanzania that's what a dose of sunshine writes and uh, let's hear
3: Aww, the air is free, the air is free, the air is free, the the
1: Yes, what a rhythm. I really enjoy that one.
4: It's a very beautiful song, Lucas. It's a song that says, I am African, I am Sudanese. So it features some of the best nice features in Africa, such as our culture, the dances, the music. As If you have, if you have seen the music, I would like recommend everyone to go to the Global Bitcoin tweet and open the video uh the video is featuring many different African artists from Ethiopia from Tanzania from Zimbabwe from Uganda and it's a very beautiful video with different and each um each singer would bring their culture and their costumes to the to the video so this was a video that like we're African we're all Africans like I know the whole world thinks Africa is one big country for us we also feel like We're one big country Uh, with just a lot of different cultures. So it's a very beautiful video that takes Africa as one. And it's a a proud video. Like, I am proud to be an African.
1: Thank you, a dose of sunshine. And um, we are kicking off the history part. And who should start and uh, uh, share a rundown of Sudan history? Of course, uh, we want to hear multiple of you guys uh, share your perspectives, but who could start this? And maybe if you can start fairly, you know, long time back when I was uh, doing some research on Sudan, it seems like it has a very, very deep history with uh, some some really crazy uh, old monuments and pyramids and Sudan.
2: In Sudan history is really um, as you mentioned Lucas goes goes very back uh, in history and um, the some people think the first hunters and gatherers that decided to say no more running around let's stay one place grow our food and make some beer uh, they probably somewhere in Sudan. Uh, so when you look at uh, for example um, the kingdom of Kush is very well known, but it's, it's not the only ancient uh, civilization that comes from Sudan. There, there is many others, but people remember Kingdom of Kush until now, um, which roughly, let's say this is like 2500 BC. Um, it, ha- um, it had a, a sophisticated uh, belief system, a spiritual belief system. It had um, the agriculture side. It had ion working side um So this is like a prehistory Sudan. Uh, Until now, when you go to visit Sudan, you can go and see these uh, pyramids in the north of Sudan. And um, you... uh it's it's kind of similar to what you see in Egypt but uh, because the tourist uh, industry in Sudan um, is not it doesn't have a big infrastructure uh, but um, nevertheless there is a lot a lot to see and learn about um, this part of our history. The, uh, there is some people who organize tours to go and they they, be, they actually can read the Meroitic languages so you'll be able actually if you go to uh, the pyramid and go inside you will be able to read for you all the um, script and translate for you um, some of that as well. So um, the ancient history include all these kingdoms, like Kingdom of Kush and um, famous city of Napta, for example, which was one of the most holy cities in, in that time. And uh, people had uh, uh, similar to other civilizations, they had like a different belief system so they believed that there is a God for the Nile and God for uh, the harvest and all these type of things. Um, and they had but also a sort of uh, kind of agricultural work along the River Nile. And and actually, it kind of extended um, all the way up to Egypt at some point. At the peak, it was ruling uh, Egypt, maybe some part as well in the Middle East. It had like a, a clash with the Roman Empire at some point And uh, uh, that when we think about uh, prehistory, ancient Sudan, and it, it does have until today, it does have uh, imprints in the language. It has its imprints on the wedding and death ceremonies and things like that. Um, so uh, I was Sometimes confused by many aspects of the culture, but when I kind of looked into this period, I started to realize that, yes, our dialect is um, a little bit different from Arabic because we have all these Nubian words um, into the dialect, for example, um, and and it just makes things m- much, much more clearer when you kind of understand this part. And after that... Um, Sudan had all these kind of powerful kingdoms in the past, uh, but they start to kind of lose power gradually. And then uh, in the 10th, around the 10th century, we start to see the rise of the Islamic um, uh, civilization um, and the conquest of Islamic civilizations um, reached the northern part of Sudan. And of course, it faced uh, big resistance and ended up with something like a peace agreement between Sudanese people and the conquest. And um, after that, we start to see a spread of the Arabic language uh, through the traders, through the Sufi orders that came to the country, uh, through the mystics also. Uh, So in the beginning, there was kind of clash between the two civilizations. But after that, there was like a peaceful trade um, between the two. And um, of course, this continued until um, the period of the Ottoman Empire, and we start to go into the the, Otto- the Ottoman Empire needed the gold, and they needed the warriors uh, from Sudan. Sudan was famous for these two things, the gold and the warriors. Um, so uh, comes Muhammad Ali Basha in 1820, and um, start ruling Sudan. They introduced taxation system. Um, it was a very kind of a strong model of governance that people, uh, many people didn't like, and uh, ended up with an uprising. Um, People remember uh, the Mahdist uh, uprising, which started towards the end of the uh, Turkish-Egyptian rule and continued um, through the uh, 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 British-Egyptian rule of Sudan. And uh, that also introduced a new kind of uh, era to Sudan, because this is... uh, we, we kind of went from the Turkish colonization with a small window of few, a few years of self-sovereignty and then we went into the uh, Egyptian-British um, uh, uh, empire um, that ruled over Sudan until uh, the independence of Sudan. In 1956. Uh, 1956 um, uh, was the landmark for the Sudanese people start starting to, to or, or Sudan becoming a sovereign nation. Uh, but even shortly after that, um, we started to have um, the civil war, which uh, some people argue started before even the independence of Sudan. And that has uh, its causes as well. Uh, the, For example, the uh, British Empire will not allow uh, people to travel between the North and South. So Sudan's, South Sudan has a different policy for travel and for trade uh, comparing to the North Sudan. So by the time uh, people were supposed to have one country together, uh, we had two countries inside uh the one country that we live in and uh of course um, when you study the history of Sudan you come to learn the um Sudan had one of the longest um civil war a uh, truly uh, tragic war that uh, continued um until until the really until the um, signing the peace agreement uh, between the north and the south, um, so we had part of the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. We would have uh, short periods of peace that will not hold long enough, and people will go uh, back to war again. And uh, that also has, um, when I studied Bitcoin, it, it, the money was a big part of this. Of course, the the politician will come to paint uh, the the the. Um, the struggle as uh, identity and religion and so on, but it really was it was a struggle for resources. Sudan, uh, South Sudan was a rich oil country, and we'll come to that part. But the the just to highlight the fact that uh, after the independence, we we went into civil war mode uh, straight away, and that that kind of continued until until the peace agreement between the north and the south and uh, they were the, the plan was to have uh, six years of uh, peaceful uh, or ceasefire and uh, after that people will go and vote whether South Sudan will stay united or um, leave and the South Sudan decided to leave and become an independent country in 2011 and uh, this also had a lot of implications on Sudan today because um, uh, 85 percent of Sudan revenue uh, was coming from South South Sudan, which rich in oil. So uh, by independence of South Sudan, um, Sudan lost uh, 85% of uh, also its kind of wealth. Of course, uh, the, not only the economic uh, loss, but also the kind of, you know, a lot of uh, connections between North and South Sudan were lost at that time. But um, uh, this ended the war. The war, of course, uh, the human cost of the war was... Um, was very expensive. Um, people think there is about two million died in the uh, civil war, and there were uh, there were about four million people uh, internally displaced or in different countries um, uh, due to that. And um, going forward, Sudan also start to see another type of conflict. People will remember the conflict of Darfur, uh, which is also has its roots back in the eighties, but escalated during the um, the year 2000 until 2005. And uh, that had also, it's uh, at, at the very core, it's, it's a struggle for resources. And uh, um, the problem of certain parts of the country is being marginalized historic, historically. But uh, that's also uh, another uh, civil war, which until now, people would see like, it's not a full-scale war, but uh, there is uh, pockets of violence and pockets of accidents happening, if not daily, weekly in 1989 was also very uh, his- important historical landmark because um, this this is um, when the um, Islamist uh, regime in Sudan uh, reached and grabbed the power by without election by military coup and that uh, laid uh, the the next 30 years to be the very uh, brutal dictatorship. So we had the regime of uh, Umar al-Bashir, uh, which, uh, to say the least, it was like a military oppressive uh, police state that we lived in Um uh, <laughs> for for all this period and uh, coming to the recent history uh, in 2018 uh, sudanese people took to the street and ended up uh, this dictatorship people might remember in 2018 that it w- was the end of uh, al bashir regime but uh, the situation remain is still very challenging economically and politically yeah so really when we discuss history of sudan uh, it's really um, ongoing kind of uh, uh, struggle uh, internally, that has it has its uh, co- many um, complex causes, but uh, really we cannot uh, separate the the uh, the struggle for resources and uh, also um, the 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 issue that uh, in some in many ways. Uh, fiat economy and inflation made it easier really to to get people to turn against each other and to fight each other this would not have happened um, in the sudans of uh, 50s and 60s in under sound money kind of situation but it became very easy once uh, sudan become like uh um, once we start to see all this kind of economic decline it become easy to 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 turn people it's not all of course uh, tragedies and um Sad things, but uh, we cannot cover history of Sudan without kind of highlighting all, uh, all the struggle that we've been through. And um, we're hoping uh, through this uh, revolution, really, that we kind of break, break this uh, cycle of uh, military coup, and, uh, unstable democracies and um, the cycle of uh, devaluation of money. That happening we hope bitcoin could be part of the
1: answer if not the full answer and how has the monetary situation been there seems to have been a recent hyperinflation is that correct
2: yeah um that's true um we we we, we saw like inflation reaching almost like 400 percent um recently and um, i think they are publishing um different numbers now they're saying no the inflation is down to 200 percent and so on but um, really the prices and uh, like when you look at uh, the general situation does not support the numbers that we are seeing but uh, definitely sudan now is suffering from hyperinflation and uh, foreign currency shortages and uh, there is a little bit of recession going on as well Um, so yeah definitely this is happening at the moment.
1: Okay. Okay. So that's present time. Is there anything more that we should cover with Sudan's history? It's definitely pretty, uh, pretty uh, messy in recent time. And also uh, in older days, uh, it seems to have been pretty chaotic with uh, Arabic invasions and yeah, a of sunshine. Go ahead.
4: Yes. So one last thing I would like to add about the Sudanese history, other than the Arabic invade, the you know the Arabic invasion, um, an introduction to our culture came from the Islamic crusade, from the Islamic in uh, the Islamic, uh, I don't know how to call it, <laughs> the
2: okay. like a conquest. Yeah,
4: the Islamic conquest that. Uh, that our land went through. So before all of that, I just want to mention that uh, is as a history, the Kush and the Nubian and all of our kingdoms, our ancient kingdoms, they were very strong and they were one of the kingdoms that were pro-women right. As the fact, many of the kings and the queen, many of the queens and the rulers were females. We even had the name dedicated for them right now we have the amani Shahita, amani Rinas amani is the queen name in our old kingdom uh, and most of our queens the strongest queens that we had like our kingdom would flourish and grow whenever we had one of the female queens and uh, one of them was uh, like for example amani she was so strong that when Cleopatra, Amanirinas was our queen at the time when uh, Cleopatra was the queen in Egypt. So Amanirinas was, uh, she had such a strong army that uh, because we were black and then the Egypt, Cleopatra and the Egypt Kingdom, they, Because of all the mixture with the Romans, they, they had different features and different skin tones, other than our black skin tone. So even in our drawings, it would show that our queen, which Amandirinas, she was the black queen, and then the, the army of the white, the, the white army of Kilitatra, they would have big clashes and each time they would not be able to cross our borders or to conquest or invade our land because Amandirinas was such a strong queen. I just wanted to add that because I think it's, uh, it's a very beautiful thing and people are not aware of it and uh, she will the fact that um, we had queens at the time where there were no much of a culture or anything about the female right or anything the way that we have right now we just had queens and they were doing it by nature i think it's a thing to be proud of uh, about the arabic and uh, how we, we now are an arabic culture like currently islam uh, sudan because of its location in africa uh it's it has a central location in Africa because uh, and and that was one of the reasons why we have different diversity. Our diversity is because how we were in a central location that would allow all the other cultures and tribes to pass through us and sometimes these tribes would settle in Sudan. That's why we now have more than 100 more than 300 different cultures and three different tribes.
1: And uh, with the theme of the ladies and the queens um, Maybe we can segue here into modern time with a, another song and uh, a quote from A Dose of Sunshine that just spoke. Uh, this is a bad called Al-Balabi, Balabil. Al-Balabil means nightingales as they were three sisters with beautiful voices that was described as the beauty of the nightingale birds, singing voice. This is one of the most Sudanese romantic songs. Our old school songs is called Al-Hakiba songs. They were made with such beautiful poetry and authentic music. It gives me goosebumps each time I listen to it.
3: The shove, the done, the runa, the reseigner. The shove, me turn, the way, And
1: that was Nightingales. Adults of Sunshine, do you want to add anything? Um,
4: Maybe just regarding the history. We do have the pyramids. it's not a competition between uh, Sudan and Egypt, because back in the days, before we started It is a competition. Wars, <laughs> I don't it think... Is it is
2: a really, war, actually. A it war. is a
4: war, currently, <laughs> but back in the day, it was one big country with pyramids all around. It was one big kingdom. So I don't think maybe currently it is a war, and currently it's a competition, because each country wants to say, oh, we have pyramids first, and we had pyramids first. But for me it's just the fact that a very long while ago we were we had such a strong kingdom that was so spread wide along the Nile that it created such a beautiful architectural phenomenon and um, we uh, in Sudan we have uh, over 300 also pyramids scattered all around the, the world also we have uh, something in our history because uh, Sudan was the Nile river is old we have something called the stone the the stoned forest, which is a forest that was blooming with trees. And then when the drought came, all the trees turned into stones and they date back to before Christ was born. And it's one of the most beautiful places to go because you can actually see the whole tree there, uh, the tree, the tree trunks laying around for kilometers and they're all just turned into stone and yeah, that's it.
1: Thank you so much. The history is rich. Let's move into present time Sudan and uh, culture, economy, present inflation, uh, anything you want to talk about, really. One thing that struck me when I was reading up about Sudan was that it seems like the culture is very rich, and especially they wrote about the music culture, uh, but maybe other parts of the culture as well. So maybe we could start there. Uh, Would anyone want to kick off with that?
2: Yeah, um, definitely um, there is a lot of things uh, to say about the current situation. Definitely we can touch on the culture, but I think uh, the biggest uh, highlight now at the moment is that uh, uh, from 2019 and after the uh, peaceful revolution that changed the, the 30 years dictatorship, I think We as Sudanese are uh, at the crossroad, Uh, so hopefully uh, from now on we kind of start uh, building together. But uh, there is huge challenges in terms of, uh, uh, there is a lot of people um, in Sudan, they think um, uh, they should run the country and the way the country should go. Just because uh, historically uh, they they belong to an institution, military institution that um, had a lot of power. And, um, but I think the the things will change because um, the new generation will have uh, more tools to to be self sovereign. In Sudan, we have now like thirteen million uh, internet users. Each one of these uh, thirteen million uh, is um, a valid candidate to, and they should re- really uh, learn about Bitcoin, because when you come from Sudan. Um, you uh, first thing will face you that Sudan is a country that facing or faced historically many sanctions for whatever reason. Of course, you, you uh, uh, some government that maybe a Western country or the US doesn't like, but the implication will affect every Sudanese person. So when Sudan have sanctions by the USA, this reflect on everyone' life. It's not only the government, it's not only corporation or some powerful individuals. So um, I think um, the 13 million, they all should... Of course, the number of people using the internet will also increase. Um, so we we'll, we would hope to see that also more adoption. Um, there is... Uh, speaking to the cultural side, um,
1: um, there is many things, of course, to do culturally. Um, so don't hold on. Know, before, before we move to culture, actually, so uh, can we dive a little bit more into... Uh, the, uh, the the present situation. So, could could you uh, elaborate a bit more, like how uh, how practically it's, it is difficult for the Sudanese due to the sanctions and, and so on. One example
2: from my personal life: um, I, I, I lived uh, outside Sudan uh, since 2010. I worked in different countries. I wasn't able to make a single bank transfer to Sudan, so you have to rely on things like Western Union. And Western Union, for example, if you send if you send a certain amount, they will tell you uh, you reach the limit, <laughs> quote unquote, the limit of sending money. Uh, plus, you are paying like ten percent um, um, fees on that. So um, it was very easy, like to to get the idea of permissionless. Uh, transaction on on bitcoin um and the um not only to sudan to any place in the world really because now my brother in istanbul and then if i want to send him something i will send him through bitcoin blockchain not not through western union uh, or something other than that uh, so um yeah so definitely this is like the challenges that will face uh, any any sudanese person living abroad like uh for example, um, there is about ten percent of our GDP go- comes from the remittances. So Sudan is reliant on remittances. Some people say ten percent, some people say more than that, maybe twenty percent. There is about let's say three to five billion dollars uh, market of remittances um, that people um, use um for example somebody will say I, I will i will send your money to sudan that's like a small business idea uh, so for people who didn't want to use or cannot use the western union for whatever reason they go to some sudanese person uh, working abroad and they give him the money and he promised to give the money to their families back home um so that's how the 10 percent remittances reach sudan you cannot make um i cannot now go to my computer and log in uh, to internet banking i can send money to many places in the world but i cannot send money to sudan through uh, a bank transfer even uh, even swift and all this stuff you uh, you cannot do it because of the sanctions and the ofac list uh, we had uh, over the years we had sanctions for different reasons we had sanctions in the 90s uh, because the country of course they were uh, the it was run by the islamist um, uh, a dialogue who who thought that. Uh they basically bringing Islamic revolution to the world, and at some point they hosted uh, Osama bin Laden in Sudan. So that that got the country into trouble, and we got uh, sanctions in two thousand in, in nineteen ninety seven, and then we had more sanctions in two thousand seven um, by banning the country from having any investment, and there was many assets frozen for uh, Sudanese people uh, abroad. And I know even at the at the height of these uh, sanctions. Even I think uh, if if you Sudanese you cannot use the Western Union. Until recently, people couldn't use uh, Binance, for example. Many Sudanese people couldn't use uh, Binance because of the the OFAC, which is basically mean this is the countries, uh, especially designated countries that um, cannot use uh, anything um, relating to international money transfer and all that. So um, that's why we don't have big Bitcoin count uh, big. Bitcoin companies in Sudan. All the big names are avoiding Sudan because of this issue. And that's why I think it's important um, to build our local solution. I was very happy to to learn that Cryptor was trying to solve the issue by building a local uh, exchange for people to be able to access Bitcoin safely. Um, because over the years, people saw many scams as well. Uh, the scam artist will come and promise people uh, that they will get the Bitcoin. But Uh, people end up with nothing and because bitcoin is decentralized here comes the uh, importance of communities and making sure to expose scammers and things like that but uh, yeah back to your uh, point um, initially that uh, the modern uh, situation um, is very challenging especially now with the central bank stepping uh, and saying people uh, of course uh, the central bank will will defend the, the monopoly on money uh, so that was it was understandable that uh, they become hostile to bitcoin but uh from my observation in the communities and the different communities of traders and investors, it didn't change anything on the ground. People are still trading, people are still buying Bitcoin and exchanging Bitcoin and all this. Um, so it really was very, very. Uh, and uh, what I learned that um, the reason they banned it, not because they really believed that um, they didn't want Bitcoin, they were forced to make some platforms and they were forced by international institution to to uh, make a stance either if they approving bitcoin they want them to go in the all the kind of regulation that comes with it the KYC all that and uh, the central bank didn't want the headache so they decided okay we just ban it altogether so that's basically what's happening
1: and this is the uh, current situation okay crypto or uh, mr brother
0: yeah, uh, I actually, I want to elaborate more on the sanctions uh, effects into the uh, individual Sudanese, whether it's living in Sudan or outside of Sudan, okay? Because myself, I'm living outside Sudan, but the sanctions is behind me. Uh, for example, just recent experience, okay, with this uh, startup to have this uh, local exchange, uh, I bought a domain that ends with uh, .sd, which stands for Sudan, not uh, .com, .sd. When I try to buy the SSL certificate, maybe for people who work in the web development, they're familiar with this. Okay, it's a security certificate that you want to uh, secure your your uh, website. Having a .sd domain, I couldn't manage to buy such silly certificate because it's .sd. It's belong to Sudan. So this is this is this is just a simple 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 uh, example. Okay, if you're going to if you want to go. To bigger one, okay, for the IT professionals who studies for Sudanese students who studies IT abroad, okay, if they want to have to sit to any uh, Microsoft certificate exam or whatever, okay, if they are Sudanese, they are not allowed to sit for this exam unless they have a residency uh, from another country, then they can be permitted to sit for this exam. But having only a Sudanese passport, no way. Uh, and the examples are, I can give you like 100 examples of this. So, yes, we are, we we, we struggled a lot. We're still struggling, okay? Maybe, yes, after the uh, peaceful revolution, the situation a little bit smooth, okay, in terms of uh, transferring, international transfer from, out from abroad to Sudan, okay? Uh, but still, okay, uh, the, uh, in terms of the uh, different uh, companies, uh, international companies, uh, uh, finance companies, especially finance companies, okay, uh, crypto exchange, maybe Binance just recently allowed Sudanese to uh, trade on their platforms, okay, but still we are having this struggle, okay. Myself as an entrepreneur and having an exchange, okay, that can help local community. I don't have the support from any financial institute okay, that can give me at least a bank, an international bank account, okay, to settle any crypto to fiat thing, okay? Because just I'm Sudanese, okay? I can send you, I can forward you uh, tens of emails, okay? That simply they're saying, you are from Sudan, Sorry, we cannot open account for you, just because of World of Sudan. So it's become like, uh, well, it's not my fault, okay, but what to do? So yes, we are suffering from this, okay, in terms of... Uh, so even if you have an idea, a revolutionary idea, to have it in the bigger bigger scale that can help your local community with the mean of internet, there's ob- there are many obstacles for us, okay? But however, we are trying our best. Thanks for Satoshi Nakamoto bringing the solution to to the world. Uh, we were going to make it happen. And always, I had many rooms in uh, the other platforms. Okay, saying that Bitcoin can not only solve individuals. If you are looking to the Salvador example, okay, even if you if we, if we want if we don't want to go far to Salvador, we have a uh, neighbor, the Central. Uh, the Central African Republic, okay? They have just adopted the Bitcoin. Bitcoin can be a solution for a country, for a government, okay? If we are suffering from these sanctions, why don't you, Sudanese government, okay? At least just adopt the Bitcoin, not as as the payment system, okay? At least as a virtual asset that can help you, yourself, you as government. Forget about us as individuals because having a Bitcoin in your portfolio okay then you can ease the sanctions effect on yourself as a government and and us as a result this this is the message that i was still struggling to convey to the government and to the, the, the Sudanese central bank to understand okay bitcoin is not a bad thing bitcoin is not scam bitcoin is not a Ponzi scheme okay but unfortunately the education level and the awareness and the technicality of uh, the, the the officials there are, is very poor. And the, the the worst thing the worst thing is, they are not willing to understand, and they are not willing to get to our level to understand what we are talking about. Even if they if even if they have heard us, okay, they will not bother themselves, okay, to spend more time or more money, okay, to invest in such technology. But you've actually
1: been able to uh, talk directly to the Sudanese Central Bank.
0: No, unfortunately not. They're not interested. They're not, yes, exactly. They are not interested and they are not willing to listen to you, okay? Because, see, there is there is a fact here. Okay, the IMF has its own influence, okay, in Africa overall, okay, not only Sudan. The economical uh, mainstream is the same all over the world, and Sudan is just part of that. But some African countries having this will, they have changed something, okay. If we are looking to our neighbor, Ethiopia, they have done a lot of things under this IMF rules, under this IMF controls, okay. Back in history, uh, during uh, the president called Nimeri, Okay, he gets a big loan from the IMF and that was the beginning of the disaster. So starting from Numeri, next go to Bashir regime. So our our economic situation, we end up with sixty billion dollars in debt. None of them, none of this president will 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 pay it. It will we the people we're going to pay it. And we have no hand on this. And this is a struggle here.
1: Okay, Adosu Sunshine wanted to say something. I think also Ados of Sunshine is in Sudan.
4: Yes, <laughs> I am currently in Sudan. Um, I'm not working in Sudan, I'm working in Dubai, but I got to Sudan just for visits. But one of the reasons I had to leave Sudan and work somewhere else is because of this, the economic situation, of the, the current economic situation of the country. I think uh, Sudan Huddle and Crypto they said a lot of things that explain the current situation of Sudan. Um, but uh, for me, the most important thing is that the current economic situation is changing even the behavior of the people. Because uh, when people are not comfortable enough, when people are not uh, being treated like humans, you know, they will then th- their behaviors will change. And for me, this is the most concerning part that is happening in Sudan. It doesn't matter if people can't afford luxury brands for me; it's not that important. What's important is people like that. People are not even um, people are being deprived of the, the basics of life, and uh, all of this is because of the inflation that happened because of all the corrupted government that uh, were c- control of Sudan for. Decades. Uh, all of this led to the fact that currently uh, nobody is willing to stay in Sudan because of the pressure, you know. So, and, and as the crypto says, the the central bank of Sudan is not even willing to discuss with us or to accept new ideas or to open up doors for investment. For example, uh, the current situation can be improved because Sudan is a country that has so many capabilities, you know, in land, it's the most fertile land in Africa. So we can have uh, really good agricultural projects. But because the, com- the, the government wants the money for itself, but she doesn't, the com- doesn't want it for the people, they put so many, so many conditions and so many contracts for people to actually be able to invest in Sudan. That's why it, it, there isn't much investment. Because it's not that much, it's not that welcoming for people to come to invest in Sudan. Because if you come in to invest in Sudan, you have to pay the government millions and millions and millions of dollars just so you can actually invest in something that the return is it's equal to what you're paying the government. So yeah, it's a very sad thing. I <laughs> just hope that the, the current youth, you know, we, as uh, I don't know, they, they talked about the revolution, like uh, three years ago, we were fed up with everything that was happening so us as use of sudan because the use of sudan is uh, up to 60 percent of the total population so we were fed up with what's happening and we had a very big revolution and it was a beautiful revolution but uh, and we actually got the president to step down we got the the ruling company the ruling uh, company to 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 step down too but uh, unfortunately again we did not take control of it uh, of our revolution So the the people who took credit for it and who we put in charge for us was also people from the past generation and they ended up throwing away our rights.
1: Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, it's quite remarkable actually that all of you uh, seem to be abroad. Uh, It speaks something about the difficulties of getting stuff done there. I think with all these struggles, we're really curious to hear how Bitcoin can... Help solve this and how what you guys are working on uh, with Sudan uh, to solve it and what others have done. We're going to start with a little bit of Bitcoin history in Sudan, but before that, it's time for another song. Uh, this one, A Love Letter to Sudan, is by Salimi a Sudanese influencer as part of the Creators for Change project. It shows the diversity of Sudan. Another quote from A Dose of Sunshine that chose this song.
3: (laughs) suda ni suda ni suda ni suda ni peledi adani marawi karad salam tobu al-rad tikla ni raksha
1: shakl ferrari aprimali sawani ya bisad sahbi tayy binamlahu tani daba natunda nashu yala natunda jabana natunda daba ni jabana natunda and with that let's talk a little bit about bitcoin history in sudan Who who here has a grasp on some early events in Bitcoin history in Sudan? Is it Crypto Sudan HODL? Please share a little bit with us.
2: Actually, the more I kind of start, the more I learn about the scene in Sudan, and the more I discover it's way bigger than what I um, what I'm realizing. But as crypto I think, said earlier, many people are trapped in this kind of also, uh, let's call it, trading phase of Bitcoin. So um, our trading phase of, you know, Bitcoin slash crypto. Um, but um, I think uh, one of the earliest things I learned um, that uh, activities that happened in Sudan, there was like workshops organized by uh, people to kind of to introduce a small business in sudan to the idea of bitcoin so um and this is like i think we are talking as early as uh, maybe 14 15 and um, i know um certainly that many people have uh, settled uh, um, like properties and maybe settled some um they starting to uh, settle some um, like uh trade deals in Bitcoin as early as that. I certainly met people who told me that they lost a lot of Bitcoin in hard disk drives. so many people they will just tell you oh i had like a couple of thousand bitcoin i lost them in a whatever you know um hard disk driver like uh, one guy was uh i was talking to him about a recovery of bitcoin from from a hard disk drive that he just couldn't get it to work and that's when the day that the days when people actually would before even Trezor or and all this kind of cool um cold storage solution that we have today um so people would would just uh, keep the bitcoin in a hard disk that could just crash one day and uh, i don't think there was that much awareness of uh, the security side and uh, the call to storage side with the, all you know all the stuff that now we take uh, or become like the basics uh, today um, there is a number of uh, communities and um, most of these communities are based on invitation only so um, like recently only recently i joined um, Like WhatsApp groups, I I used to avoid them, but now I feel that um, I should should be part of this. Um, As a Trojan horse, really, I consider myself a Trojan horse now in all these traders groups. (laughs) And uh, what I try to bring to them is um, that they are, um, of course, by all means, if you think you're a trader, go on and trade. But uh, they have to see the big picture that Bitcoin is here to kind of replace the way we use and think about money. And uh, that's what it's really about. Bitcoin will change money. And when you change money, you change everything. Uh, So um, I joined groups with like uh, some of them have 200, some 300 plus members. We built our own um, community now, which is 500 members strong uh, on this court. We did lots of kind of educational activities, discussing uh, publications and translating articles. I think I saw Arabic here earlier, Arabic Hadul, if you're still here, shout out to Arabic, uh, because... uh, Of course, Sudan is African, but Sudan also is uh, in many ways Arabic as well. We are uh, in the unique position of being a bridge between the Arab world and the African world. And many times we find ourselves comfortable in both uh, scenarios, in both situations. Um, So um, we currently we are building uh, um, with Amin. I asked him to come over. We are we are writing the Ferris children book about Bitcoin, which is going to be available in Arabic and uh, this is for the Sudanese children, something that uh, I got the inspiration from uh, our friend Charlene. I met her in, in Accra in, during the Bitcoin conference in Ghana. and she was kind enough to give me um, the copy of her book. So I was thinking why not to uh, have a children book for. Sudanese so kits about Bitcoin, and uh, we're going to make it uh, available in different languages as well, in English and so on. Uh, we are hoping to market this uh, to, through Bitcoin events and conferences and things like that. And uh, we're hoping that uh, we could chip um, a little bit of the profit into charity and Bitcoin projects like um, to, to, to help the communities. Uh, in Sudan. There is a lot of things that we can work on. Um, There is uh, uh, really any aspect uh, of life uh, will need a little bit of improvement. But one of the priorities is for me is that there is more than 35,000 Kids on the street, really, they are homeless kids. Uh, you see them if you come to Sudan and there is very little NGO support, very little government, zero government support, really. And um, it, the I, I feel um, the, the if we build a charity around supporting those kids, that's probably going to be uh, something with a high impact. And the last project I'm working on at the moment is called Orange Family. If you go to my Twitter account, you see Orange Family logo which uh, Shams, Shams said the logo is very bad and she is promising a new logo. So I hope that will be delivered, Shams. <laughs> but uh, this project basically is to bring Bitcoin to asylum seekers, refugees um, all over the world, really. And um, as a vulnerable group, uh, I feel Bitcoin can provide a lot of empower- empowerment to refugees and asylum seekers who many times need to send something back home as we mentioned earlier, uh, earlier reg- regarding our remittance problems. Um, so that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm also promised Arabic that we're going to start writing some articles uh, through his uh, platform. Arabic had an um, amazing platform, Arabic HODL. Uh, so we're going to be some uh, articles coming uh, through uh, Arabic Huddle platform. And yeah that's pretty much everything for now
1: um so we slid into present time already so just a question do we have anything more that we want to cover about history before we move on to everything we're doing today bitcoin history so only the past not today is there anything more was there any a company that uh, that was operating and stopped or anything else? Or are we moving to the present? Yeah,
2: I actually wanted to add one one thing, which was actually a very uh, sophisticated scam that happened in the past. And this this um, like actually made many people think that there is a scam behind Bitcoin. Uh, so this group of people come and market themselves as Red Bank and basically um, give people mobile apps that have like IOUs, Uh, of bitcoin account so they took they take from people physical cash and they will update the iou on the mobiles and tell people that actually this is your bitcoin so people uh, really had a mobile app saying that they own a fraction of bitcoin and they were meant to go and tell people about bitcoin and bring more people and if you bring more people you get um, like a bonus or something so it was really like a ponzi scheme and they didn't even give people the bitcoin they gave them the the um the app and uh, many people fell for that and that something I think had like a negative uh, uh, repercussions on the the people perception of Bitcoin. So this happened also a few years ago, like I think as early as 2017, 18. And that's the moment when I realized uh, we have to to work a lot in the community to protect against all this kind of future scams and
1: uh, provide more education on the ground. Uh, Yeah, it seems like there's every country has their story of one big scam. Uh, it's a perfect time uh, to uh, listen to another song about present challenges in Sudan. It's a rapper. Uh, this is Flipter. One of the best Sudanese rappers, he raps about what is happening in Sudan with good representation of culture, outfits, and vocabulary. I can only imagine what the vocabulary is because I don't understand, but let's go.
5: the rappers, <laughs>
1: Larek bet on
3: the
5: head hip hop him in top rap. Larry bet on the head hip hop him in top race so honey on that
3: yawan Yan Talk Hatsan
5: Basakly Shaban
1: Yes that video is pretty uh, funny actually and uh yeah i really love the vibe uh, sounds pretty rough sounds pretty rough and uh, thanks for that a dose of sunshine and uh, word over to you
4: present time um uh, actually uh, i reached up to mortis uh, like a year and a half ago and i asked him to like educate me about bitcoin and then he linked me with some um, and uh, i i have a fashion business in sudan so i sell to sudan sometimes and sometimes worldwide and he linked me with some other fashion enthusiasts who are interested in fashion and Bitcoin too. And for me, like in the current situation, this helped me because, you know, in the Sudan, there is the sanctions that don't allow you to sell here. And they don't allow me to, to sell online. Like I can't sell anything to any part of the world because of the, the sanctions in Sudan. I can't ship anything. But due to the... To the bitcoin and the bitcoin community i was actually able to sell to latin america to australia sometimes to london and to paris and all of that was because like now there is something that the governments can't control so for me this is a huge leap it was a huge leap for my business it allowed me to blossom and because of that i'm moving currently my business to dubai that's why i'm in dubai so, yeah, I think like Bitcoin is it's helping me in ways that I didn't think was possible.
3: <laughs> That's it.
1: That's really yeah. cool. So you started in Sudan?
4: Yes, I started in Sudan two years ago. And it was going good until the inflation and the global recession happened and uh, the sales weren't going as good. So I needed to sell worldwide, you know, because if the Sudanese people can't buy the product, people outside Sudan maybe can buy it. But then there was the problem of how can they buy it? How will they get the money? Because getting the money through Western Union, it was not a very good reliable source because it was tracked by the government, first of all. And uh, when I get the same money from from the same clients, two or three times in a row, then the Western Union, they would question me, why are you getting money from outside? Are you working and this is your salary? You know, it was not comfortable. So Bitcoin solved a big solution, a big issue for me.
1: Interesting. And, and were you paying your employees with Bitcoin or did you convert the Bitcoin into uh, what's, what's the call? What's the currency called?
4: Yes, SDGs, Sudanese towns. yes uh, my, my employees, you know I try to talk to them, but they're just interested in, 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 in knowing about it. I don't think they're currently they're interested in buying bitcoin which is okay they can have their time with it to understand but they i keep updating them on daily updates of what's happening in bitcoin what's happening all of the the cryptocurrencies but i pay i convert my crypto my my bitcoins into sdgs and then i give my employees and i'm pretty sure like Martes took you in a round of how the the conversion happens because for me to convert my bitcoins into sdgs First, I have to convert them into another wallet with a different uh, coin, and then take this coin, you know, USDT, convert it to USDT, and then take the USDT and convert, sell it to a trader, a Sudanese trader, who would take my USDT and give me SDGs in, in advance. It's a very long process.
1: What's the loss? How much are you paying to convert?
4: Um. It's not that much of a big loss. They would just there is a daily rate. You know, they we would wake up and they would say, okay, for example, and uh, the rate for the dollar in the market is uh, currently in Sudan, one dollar is equal to five eight seven SDGs, five hundred eighty seven SDGs. There is no loss. He would give me the same rate in uh, SDG, but still, it's a loss for me because I'm losing a valuable uh, coin or a valuable. Uh, Currency into fiat,
1: okay, interesting. And uh, you made enough money to be able to set up your business in Dubai, and you're going to continue producing out of Sudan and sell with Bitcoin.
4: No, actually, um, currently I was also visiting my workshop, but in Sudan, but uh, the production it's also because you know the economic situation that's happening in Sudan. Um, I'm I'm going to in a couple of months I'm going to move my production to Dubai. But yeah, I made enough money that was enabling me to come here and start establishing my business here and registering the brand in Dubai. Fashion is also good. Wow. <laughs> we love fashion.
1: <laughs> wow, that's really sad to hear that you can't you can't continue producing because the government is causing uh, so much uh, so much problems. Okay, um, that's really interesting, practical application of this point. And uh, you could definitely be a success case for many others to, to see the benefits of potentially using it. Um,
4: the, it's sad. That the, for me, the government isn't that much of an issue. For me, it's the inflation that is caused by the government because the people, um, you know, my sales, they dropped to a quarter of what they were the last year. Like I measure my my success for for the season by the, the by the most the most seasons that are busy in in, in Sudan. For example, for us, that's the Eid seasons because that's the Islamic uh, Eid day, the Islamic celebrations and the wedding season. And uh, for the year 2020, 2022, the my revenue was quarter of what it was the year before and that was very bad because even this quarter it was not enough for me to pay off my employees to pay off my rent like so basically i was just working to give people money i was not making revenue for uh, like a, a duration of uh, three to four months for me that was it because uh, we cannot be working this hard and not getting anything in return so yeah i had to leave uh, for me, the, gov- the government itself—it it, just—it had the, um, an yearly fee that they would put on me, because you know, because I established I had a, a license. So by each year, they would come and take a fee. And for me, it was—it uh, was one of the minimum fares because of the, the quality of my business. If I was trading in technology or something else, maybe it would have been a problem. The government fee would have been a problem. But yeah, it's sad that the situation is making us. Uh, work and uh, produce revenues and grow in the economy, which is not our country. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that sucks. Hey, um, I'd like to pass the word back to Sudan Hodel and dive a little bit deeper into this community building that you've been doing, this group of 500 uh, Bitcoiners or uh, traders. I don't know exactly. You said that you're a bit undercover. You're uh, you're trying to pitch uh, some some ideas uh, from the side. Could you share a little bit more about this?
2: Yeah, so it actually started very small. Uh, to tell you the truth, Lucas, um, I didn't envision myself uh, being a, like a community builder. Uh, like if, a few years back, it was for me about just saving and you know doing okay for myself or my family and so on. I had um, I had many years of uh, kind of uh, like in the in the college, um, I had many years of like uh, working and kind of being involved in political platforms and NGOs and things like that. And uh, since 2010, I felt, um, you know, um, not like as in selfish, but I didn't have high belief or uh, a high faith on kind of political platforms or things like that. So for me, it was about, um, doing okay and protecting myself from um, the situation because I, I, was, I, I was able to understand that the situation of Sudan is critical. When you have a country that has debt to GDP close to 260%, um, it become clear that it's a critical situation. And um, when you look at, the of course, uh, the country, how it functions under these levels of inflation, uh, how is, for example, crime rate is going up and all these kind of things. For me, it was like about okay, uh, we need. I need to do something to protect myself from these um, uncertainties, and that kind of led me to Bitcoin. But after a while, it became like uh, you you figured out something, but you need to kind of you have your brothers and sisters who so are also in Sudan, whether employed or uh, have a small business, and because of the inflation, they work in every year. They're working harder. Uh, to achieve less um, uh, economic value than before because of the fiat system and the fact it's just a steal of your money and effort um so uh become for me like a mandatory thing to start talking with families and friends and um so i started this, that kind of small and um, but then there was the moment of uh, um, if you if if I'm a believer and a supporter of Bitcoin um then bitcoin has to be um like a global money it has to be it cannot be like bitcoin cannot be uh trapped middle way between um uh, magic internet money that very few people know about and global bitcoin standard we cannot be in the middle between we we either trend back to uh you know kind of collectibles or or we become like a global reserve so this moment become like okay so i i really need to to get the word out and to connect with as many people as I can. And um, uh, so we started with, uh, and then become for me, of course, I'm physically, most of the time I'm in uh, outside Sudan, but how I can reach the Sudanese audience. And thankfully there was uh, uh, the the revolution atmosphere. So people were kind of open to new ideas. People always open to new ideas uh, during revolution or crisis or something like that. They become more suggestible. So um, for me, become like okay, um, this is a good time to start bringing Bitcoin to uh, in Arabic content to the uh, Sudanese timeline. Uh, so I started talking with people of Twitter, built the the Discord group, and um, I start to learn about what was happening in in Sudan as well. Um, and then I realized that okay, uh, yes, there is some knowledge of Bitcoin, some people own Bitcoin, but they. They don't. They don't understand uh, the full picture, and that's okay for me. Like I think, I think not everyone need to understand the full picture. Like we use a smartphone without fully understand them. Uh, but um, when Bitcoin is really uh, globally adopted, uh, most people will not still understand how Bitcoin work, but they will use it the same way they use uh, any technology on a daily basis. Uh, and and this is starting to fulfill itself uh, gradually because now we have more educational materials and. We have uh, self
1: custody solutions, all that stuff. Um, so, um, so the group so become. Just a question: the uh, practically the people in the group. Like, are there any people that you have orange pilled in the uh, in the past few years when you've been building this group? And uh, yeah. what are they doing now? Are they doing meetups in Sudan, or is it like a secret movement? How does it work? Yes.
2: Um, yeah there is many people now some of them are here with us in the group you know uh, and some of them in sudan some some of them outside sudan as well they just come to uh to to learn about it from from the spaces and the activities that we have done um on the ground we organized uh, like education days we organized some charity work as well we um we got many um Digital artists, uh, we got many small businesses, digital artists to accept Bitcoin because when we have activity and we publish a certain job or certain thing, we'll say, uh, we will will pay in Bitcoin. So many people, they felt, okay, they wanted the job, so they had to accept Bitcoin. And then that become like a moment for them that they started actually uh, learning about it and saving in Bitcoin and so on. So yeah, I think over the years, um, I don't know how many people... Exactly. I didn't count how many people orange pill, but um, there is um, definitely, uh, I feel there is increasing um, attention that happening with Bitcoin. And of course, in the noise of bull market, I lose some uh, attention from those people. They go to the next Bitcoin or NFT or something, but they always come back. <laughs> they always come back and, uh, and learn a little bit more in the following cycle. About Bitcoin, like uh, the guy that I'm working with now to make the um, to make the book about Bitcoin, he's a digital artist who um, he thought NFT is the next big thing, and I was like sending the warning shots and saying, guys, uh, don't be like uh, you know this is not gonna be long term, and uh, the uh, you know you have to learn about digital scarcity and to understand what is truly is digitally scarce, uh, um, but now. Um, Three years after, uh, he is writing a Ferris Bitcoin book, and uh, I'm proud of this. I feel people should, many times, uh, we should allow the time for, for the people to get, um, to get the orange pill gradually and to really digest uh, what is happening, because some, sometimes it's a lot to take. Uh, this is really about changing the world, and most of us, they told, you cannot change the world. Um, you can only survive. You can earn a salary. You can be a citizen, a good citizen. You cannot, uh, you know, go outside the line. But um, with Bitcoin, uh, it's all about changing the world. It's all about thinking big and uh, changing
1: what people think cannot be changed. Yeah, actually, I have a friend that uh, owns one of those $500,000 NFTs. And uh, I've just, I've been thinking about him in the beer market and uh, this this nft is going down to nothing and oh my god uh, imagine he could have converted to bitcoin anyways crypto. Uh, i'm really curious what you are doing because you seem to have a more of a technical aspect the building a company can you can you talk to us about that
0: yeah sure uh, actually i want to start from uh, where uh, those of sunshine
1: uh, stopped okay
0: uh because her example is uh, you can multiply her uh, experience having a startup in Sudan, a successful one, okay? Not a, a failure one, okay? She had a very successful startup in Sudan, but because of the inflation, okay, she couldn't manage her expenses, okay? She couldn't she couldn't manage to pay the taxes and the fees for to the government, okay? So she left the country. Actually, there are hundreds or thousands of similar stories of uh, entrepreneurs who have the same struggles, okay, to do business in Sudan. Uh, there is one fact that I want to bring here, okay, that because of because of the inflation, most of Sudanese they are changing their local currency, which is which the Sudanese bound okay, to uh, Sudanese uh, to the sorry to the USD dollar, the fiat one, in order to avoid the inflation, okay. Yes, the fiat money all overall have inflation rate, but not compared to the Sudanese pound. When talking about cryptocurrency. In, in general, okay, regardless of the Bitcoin. So people found it is easy to handle or easy to convert their uh, Sudanese found okay, to stable coin, which is merely the USDT. So one of the biggest use case of cryptocurrency in Sudan is to have it as a stable coin, okay, to avoid the inflation, okay, for the people who have some, let's say, uh, familiar with the technology, okay, with a smartphone, or maybe they have a, a friend or uh, somebody can help them, okay, to convert their uh, Sudanese income, okay, in, into USD. Uh, this is one thing, one fact, okay. So in a country where inflation rate is 400%, okay, people will start looking for a safe place to hold their money without losing, losing its value. My And that was my starting point. Okay, for the project that for for my startup to mimic the market, I talk to these people about Bitcoin. They would be very skeptical. Okay, about uh, what you're talking about. Okay, we are already suffering from this inflation rate, and this volatility. We, I cannot handle it. Okay, I am running a business. I want something solid to build and um, to build my uh, to pay my bills. Okay, all of this stuff. So I cannot. Talk to them about lightning so if, if i if i cannot talk them about uh, to them about the bitcoin so i cannot t- talk to them about lightning so my my solution was to first mimic the market and swim with the flow okay not to stand in the middle and say hey people you are doing the right the wrong thing nobody would listen okay because people are suffering here okay people that are not in the comfort zone okay uh, having extra money or extra cash sitting aside. okay that what they want to invest no no, it's not about investment Okay, it's about daily payment. Okay, daily expenses. So they have, they want to have something stable. So my vision was to give a solution to the local market that can help them. Okay, in a secure manner to do some transactions, because most of this buying and selling of this stable coins is happening in the peer-to-peer manner okay, between between individuals. So one individual known another. Trader, okay, he will act as an escrow at and, 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 and this uh, position, okay, in this uh, scenario, okay, so he will hold the USDT until he gets paid in the uh, local currency, then he will release it to the buyer. So I built, I built my startup doing all this by smart contracts using, using the blockchain, okay, and to do it automatically without any... Need for trust. So I took the advantage of the blockchain in order for me. Okay. So I can then convert them orange build them. Okay. So they can, I, then I can talk to them once they are familiar with the technology. Okay. See how this technology is, help you, is helping you. So let me talk you. Let me talk to you about Bitcoin. Okay. Where it's similar to the digital gold. Okay. And all its properties and how it's going to change the world. How all this stuff. Okay. So that was my vision of doing this a startup okay to have a, a p2p platform okay based on smart contracts that can act as a hub between the local Sudanese pound and the cryptocurrency overall okay and to use USDT in the specific because this is the market okay this this is not my choice this is the market choice then from is, there i can
1: this is a peer to peer platform so so people in Sudan can trade with each other peer to peer
0: yes Exactly. It's a peer to pe peer to peer a P2P platform, okay, based in the smart contracts uh for USDT. Yeah. The next phase was to which is already experimented and I have it, I have the M MVB is running, okay. Uh is to have in parallel, okay, to the USDT wallet, to have a Lightning wallet in the same in under the same account. So once you are registering to to, to my platform, you will have two wallets, the USDT one and the Lightning one.
1: Okay. Uh, but so, wait, a sec- wait a second. Wait a second. I just want to ask one thing before we talk yes, about sure. the lightning thing. So you have the peer-to-peer platform, and, and it's illegal to trade in cryptocurrencies in Sudan. Have you managed to get around that? Can people install it in Sudan? Actually, that enemies?
0: that was before. That was before the, uh, the decision. Ah, okay. the,
1: So now it's yeah, now it's before. possible.
0: No, no, officially it's not. Okay, because ah, okay. it's uh, officially registered. Yeah, officially registered there. Okay. Uh, The platform is on sale now. Oh, just kidding. Okay, I will go <laughs> somewhere else in Africa. Okay, but uh, the point is the the vision was to simulate the market, mimic the market, giving them the solution that they can have okay. a safe trade. Okay, then I understand to... understand it, but can people
1: better. use yeah. it today? That's my question. Can people use it no. today or no? No, 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 no. Okay, so you have the solution and... Uh, will you will they be able to use it uh, sometime in the in the near future? Do you have any uh, plan for how to get it uh, to market
0: for Sudanese market? For now, uh, I cannot do anything because of the central bank ban. Okay, so I cannot officially. I cannot open the door. Okay, because I have got because this, the company is registered in Sudan, so I have to follow the regulations. Okay, but um. Open to go to another African countries, okay, uh, where they are crypto friendly or Bitcoin friendly, so I can customize the platform toward their markets.
1: Okay, got it. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. So you you've designed it based on the Sudanese problem. Absolutely. Um, and then um, I I do agree about the the idea of starting with the stable coin because everybody can relate to uh, yes. the dollar and then uh, it's such a close hop over from the dollar into Bitcoin. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, do you know that actually dollar is not also not that good? Uh, maybe exactly. you can look at it. Uh, that's a really interesting mm-hmm. approach. Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you're looking at integrating Lightning and trying to launch in some other African countries. Is there any countries Absolutely. that you have your eye on today? Uh,
0: yeah, uh, Ghana. Okay, for the time being, okay. Uh, Nigeria, maybe Nigeria regulation are not he- supporting, but uh, Ghana
1: is attractive, okay. And you do your team is it you or is it multiple uh developers?
0: Yeah, I have uh one developer, he's listening to us. Uh, shout out to Suleiman, okay. He's a blockchain developer working with me in this project, okay. And uh, yeah, we are both working this,
1: okay. And he's based in Sudan or somewhere else, yes. Yeah, in Sudan. Okay, okay, cool. So you have a you have a developer in Sudan working on your platform. That's super cool. Hey, I wanna I wanna suggest that we open up the floor if anyone wants to ask any questions because I have a feeling that there may be a couple of questions in the audience. Uh, before we do that, I want us to. Relax for a second uh, with another tune. We have the next one, which is this is a mixture between Sudanese religious song known as Madi and Sudanese rap, uh, as described by A Dose of Sunshine.
3: اللي اللي يا حي يا حي يا حي يا حي يا حي من الصباح يا حي 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 يا من يا حي 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 يا حي
1: I'm hooked on this Sudanese rap. I was thinking of sending it to one of my best friends, the one that introduced me to hip-hop back when I was nine years old or eight years old with Snoop Doggy Dog. He has to hear the Sudanese rap. Super awesome. Hey, Ali, uh, welcome. And uh, please uh, just present yourself. Uh, Ten seconds, nothing long, and then uh, go ahead with your question.
5: Okay, yeah. Um, so actually, I um, I would like to say maybe I'm I'm one of the earliest uh, Bitcoin In Sudan, I started Bitcoin in 2005. I think 15 or something like that. 15, technically. And actually, we had a WhatsApp group since 2017. We are, I think, to 255. And I would like to mention one interesting thing. Actually, in that group, I uh, I saw, or actually, I was I was happy that uh, a cargo uh, they they were they were on exchange like it's a vehicle against Bitcoin I think uh that exchange happened in our whatsapp group so that was really interesting in 2018 I remember yeah actually the way I started Bitcoin is a little bit different because I uh, friend of mine he told me that you have to to see this in 2015 and I'm a software engineer I actually I didn't start with the Bitcoin other other like uh other from an economic perspective, I started it from a technical perspective. I was looking into the source code of Bitcoin, the source code of uh, uh, Linux. I was interested about the open source projects. So, um, yeah, that's uh, basically. I think that's uh, like a small introduction about who I am.
1: That's super awesome. Hey, Ali, uh, are you a Bitcoin only guy, or are you, you, uh, yeah, yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
5: hundred percent Bitcoin. I'm not any any other guy. I'm just. Bitcoin, you know, I told you that maybe because I started the Bitcoin in, in a different way. I don't believe in all the shit coin. I um, I'm just a Bitcoin uh, because actually the friend who told me this this these things, he's also a Bitcoin believer. He told me that uh, he actually he I, I I wish he 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 were here. He's he's a, like a security guy. He no one knows about him anything. Maybe I'm I'm the only friend for him so he never spoke to someone I think but I wish sometime some uh, someday he he might just pick up the mic and talk to you guys That's really cool. Um, and do you know these
1: guys here or, uh, do you know Sudan Hoddle? or
5: no no one no one know, knows about him i I think I'm the only one <laughs> I'm the only friend for him uh, I think he's uh, he's still in um, in the university in Sudan. Uh, he started uh, software engineering when he was, I think, uh, 13 years old. That was in 2008 or something like that. So very early. And uh, I started my software in- engineering ge- journey when I joined the university in 2013. So we met together in uh, in city. It's called al Uh I don't want to mention, but he lived there. I already mentioned that. Sorry, my friend. I already mentioned your city. So uh, technically... Done. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a city. It's a capital of Kordofan state in Sudan. And yeah, so I think he he learned me a lot of his stuff, and I'm 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 really uh, grateful that he's my friend. He's a very good guy. So yeah, he's the one who uh, turned my eyes on on the Bitcoin uh, wallet. I started doing actually. You know, I I, 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 I run an, a Bitcoin node in 2017, and I I didn't have a Bitcoin. Uh, in, in my wallet, because the thing that those guys has mentioned, which you cannot uh, trade, you cannot make any things. But actually, from technical perspective, I was able to run a Bitcoin note in in Sudan at 2017 for a couple of months because I don't have uh, enough desk at that time, so I just removed the note. But I I enjoyed having a no- uh, running a note, <laughs> that was an interesting uh, things for me. And uh, when I joined the WhatsApp group. Uh, which is still running. And I just let, uh, send uh, the, this uh, space link at that WhatsApp group. So those guys can, may- maybe some of them already here. So technically what we used to do is we used to build what's called the group trust model. And basically no one can join that group unless someone from the group members mentioned him, like he he, he said, okay, I trust this guy, this, 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 this guy. And then we built like uh, a trust network. I know this is not, Bitcoin work, and this is not the Bitcoin I tend to be, but because we don't have any way to use uh, an, an exchange platform, so we had to build our own exchange platform in Sudan. So uh, we start exchanging, uh, we start doing uh, buying and selling Bitcoin, and I think this is the way I, I buy and sell Bitcoin against Sudanese pound um, until now. And you know, I wanna mention one thing which uh, has not been mentioned. You have to remember that Sudan is Islamic country, and in islam bitcoin is still there is and it's still like a, it's still a discussion about is it allowed for muslims to own bitcoin so this is has a huge e- effect on why bitcoin is not uh, is not really uh, well adapted in sudan you can say that so people still thinks okay bitcoin is not halal we don't have to and, you know, yeah, I, I can understand that because they don't, they are not a technical, uh, they are not coming from a technical background. And uh, most of uh, Muslims say, we don't know about Bitcoin. You cannot physically hold it. So you are wasting your money. So this is not allowed for Muslim to do it. But f- for someone like me, who is coming from a technical perspective, I, I forked the Bitcoin repository in 2017, I think. So I know how it works. I I I, I It's not about wasting money. I think actually bitcoin is better than the, all the uh like all the 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 financial system that we know we know about uh uh at these days so yeah this is what i want uh, i wanted to mention that uh this this point this islamic point is very important this is what and this is not just about sudan this is about almost all islamic countries you have to you have to realize that those people are and i i think this is not something new in 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 our 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 islamic culture like in in the in the history we used to so whenever a new things ca- came up, people start to saying this is haram. And then we, when when people learn about it, they start like saying, okay, you can used to do. But but with Bitcoin, this is this is something different, you know, because Bitcoin price now is maybe you can buy Bitcoin now, but in ten years, oh, it's gonna be. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in Bitcoin. I don't hold Bitcoin just for money, and I I think uh, uh, people should also do this. You don't have to hold Bitcoin just because you want to get more money. Bitcoin is not about getting more money. And this is what we we, we, we try to do in our WhatsApp group, which try to use a Bitcoin as a way to exchange things. At, at they have mentioned, that one of the group members bought a, a car again for a Bitcoin. I think it was two Bitcoin or something like that. So that was something really interesting for me. And actually... I'm, I'm really proud of being part of a Bitcoin community in Sudan.
1: Hey, uh, you're on fire. I'm just like listening and you're spitting uh, so much interesting stuff. Uh, it's uh, super awesome. You came up and completely ignored my instruction to, to only ask questions because now I want to ask you more questions. Hey, uh, um, so... It, 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 this point is really important. Actually. We did a space with Indonesia and they were talking about how the central bank was being co-opted uh, or was going to the Muslim organizations and telling them that they have to label Bitcoin as haram. Um, basically, the central bank um, using religion to piss their fiat territory and making sure that, they, that there's no competition. Um, do you, Would you say, Ali, that... They are collaborating across different Muslim countries, the central banks. Uh, is there similar strategies being applied in Sudan?
5: Yeah, it's technically not a, a direct collaboration, I would say. It's like, uh, so for example, Sudanese uh, follow Sweden all, all the time. So if Sweden, uh, like for uh, authorities, say this is haram, Sudanese authorities in Islam will say this is haram. So it's not a direct, like... Sudan will not say hey to Sudanese uh, uh, se- uh central uh like uh, uh, banks they will not say hey this is Haram you have to do it but it's like uh it's like just it's not something cooperation directly but indirect cooperation this is what I, I would say and this is I, I think it's 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 not fully Haram now there is a big discussion about this point I can mention like tons of 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 uh, Muslim Sheikh who said this is halal and they, they have a deep understanding. But most of the people saying this is haram because it's not a physically you cannot physically hold it. This is the main reason why they're saying it's haram because they're saying it's not you cannot trust something, you cannot touch it. This is and actually this idea came from the from the central banks from the the, the this this money that we have we we have today and uh, i think uh, i i am always saying in in the last 70, 70 years we have not experienced a real money this is why people are still having a like the idea of having a real money is is not acceptable so far so i think people need more time to but with bitcoin more time mean oh i think i wish if if i i bought a bitcoin in 2000 15 I don't know if it's 15 or 15. I'm saying it like 15. So technically I wish I, if I put Bitcoin at that time, but yeah, what, what I can say I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm so far actually I'm not interested for from, uh, from Bitcoin just because I want to get more money. I I, I see what Bitcoin can do in just a comment on uh, uh,
1: commenting back to haram and halal so um for those that don't know um money is a um, important concept in uh, in Islam I'm not Muslim so I may please correct me here if I'm if I'm misspeaking but basically uh, you you're not supposed to um, say earn interest on money and and halal in islam is the is basically religiously uh, posi- good concepts they're, they're approved haram it's it's bad so uh, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't as a good muslim uh, practice uh, haram things and um, or do haram things so uh, therefore uh, the central banks uh, can kind of use the halal haram concept and uh, yeah and uh, Because of that, the religious institutions become much more important for uh, Bitcoin adoption in uh, many Muslim countries, uh, including uh, secular uh, Indonesia, actually. So, um, okay, super super interesting uh, to meet you, Ali uh, Kryptor. I wanted to say something.
0: Yeah, I just I want to touch about something. Okay, that uh, the Bitcoiners in Sudan okay, who are living in Sudan are distracted, okay, among, uh, let's say, uh, private groups, especially in WhatsApp. The, the most uh, famous uh, social platform there is WhatsApp and Facebook, okay, not Twitter in Sudan. When you go to the average Sudanese, for sure, he will have a Facebook and uh, a Facebook account and WhatsApp. So they are distracted with, uh, between this. These uh, private groups, and that one of my vision, okay, by having this startup, my own startup, okay, is to break those silos, okay, to have a one platform, okay, that all people can come, okay, learn and trade safely, okay, not only doing trading safely, no, also to have the safe direction, okay, okay, you want your city, take it, but next. There are there is something called Bitcoin. Please, okay. So there are a lot of barriers there. I can I can name you like hundreds of private groups. Okay, I can understand why. Okay, because they are as as uh, Mr. Ali just rightly said. Okay, because of the scam, they are they are afraid of being scammed. Also, oh, so you have to be nominated by somebody from the inside the group. Okay, to get into the, that group. So all these trades happening on the ground there in Sudan. Okay, it's happening within these groups. So no, nobody can tell. I remember one of the service providers who, who I talked to, he told me that, he asked me about what is the volume of trading in Sudan? I told him, I don't know. Nobody can tell you because there is no platform, common platform that all Sudanese trading on it. And there is no, even no international platform, okay, that is allowed Sudanese at that time, okay, to doing trading. So all trading happening on the, on the ground, okay, it's happening. In private groups okay and God knows how, how what is the what's the volume and as as and as a result nobody knows or those communities as also are, are distracted okay they don't know each other now I just came to know Ali he's a Bitcoiner okay which is which I'm very happy to hear that okay and I believe there are tens of them tens of us the bitcoiners as Sudanese bitcoiners are there but we don't know each other thanks to Sudan huddle okay he's working in the direction okay to uh, building this awareness among them community but when you go to the ground, average Sudanese, they don't know about Sudan Hotel, okay, because they don't use Discord, they don't use, they don't have a Twitter account, so they are away from that. So if you go to the Facebook group, you will face the same issue. You have to be trusted by somebody, okay, So you, in order for you to get in. So that was one of my vision of having my B2B platform, okay, to pick those barriers, okay, this is one thing. Another thing Okay, uh, there there are a big number of Bitcoin miners in Sudan. We haven't touched this subject yet. Okay, but again, they are working undercover. Nobody knows about them. By accident, they came to know that. Okay, there are a big number, respective number of Sudanese miners are mining Bitcoin in Sudan. And they have their mining equipment with the solar system. They are doing just fine. And as long as they are doing fine, so they are keeping silent. Okay, this is one of the... Uh, reason that why they are working in the shadow okay uh, so uh, yeah this is what that came to my head now
1: yeah it's really interesting and i i would guess that it's a similar thing as with angola angola apparently has a pretty thriving uh, mining uh, uh mining community because it's a uh, energy produ- producing country so uh, it's it has its own oil and i guess maybe energy for that reason is relatively cheap or accessible is that why crypto
0: yes the uh, le- electricity is cheap there okay in sudan and this is one thing okay the the downside is the the it's not up all the time okay but people come over it by installing the solar system and still it's Working for them. And okay. this is one thing. And the other thing they, they are afraid to be in touch by the government, by law, but whatever. So they just work in low profile.
1: Yeah, I mean like the Sudanese environment seems very adversarial. It's I'm I live in Vietnam, I'm in Vietnam and Vietnamese have uh, experience of uh, many many hundreds of years of adversarial environment and they don't n- they don't say anything of what they do it sounds similar to Sudanese exactly. hey, hey ali
5: yeah i, I just want to mention two uh, two also important thing here so technically from uh, a mining perspective i uh, we were planning to launch uh, like to, ma- to to buy a mining uh, uh, yeah a miners but then uh, we had an issue, so we launched. That's my friend, actually, the one who I'm talking about. This, this, this friend, he launched uh, a miner in in India. Yeah, he he launched, but it turns out this was a scammed uh, company, unfortunately. So uh, we had a few issues uh, also in Sudan. So technically, Binance, which is the main, uh, this is why I don't trust Binance. I never exchange anything at Binance. I'm a big, I'm, I'm a big like i since i started bitcoin i'm just uh, a gold. uh what is it called yeah a cold wallet holder I'm nothing else i'm using the the down or the low level um uh, wallets so technically in binance was, was open in sudan i think in 2017 it got closed like 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 at 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 no time they just sent an email to everyone from sudan and saying hey guys we closed your account so people lost their money so this this is why the bitcoin community in sudan lost uh, at that time lost a lot of people they they said hey we will never go back to to bitcoin again and this is what uh sudan Hodel mentioned that yeah there is a lot of sudanese people who know about bitcoin they hold bitcoin but they don't know the actual bitcoin they don't know about having a cold wallet or all this type of stuff so they they rely on 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 the, the centralized uh, people say now decentralized this is what cz is saying but yeah it's centralized um, exchange platform so this happened I, I think this happened three times. Like, Binance was, it, it was allowed, and they closed it. They, people lost their money, and then they open it again. And when people created accounts, and they, they were holding, uh, and they closed it again in Sudan. So, yeah, I, I was also interested. I was, that was also an interested behavior. Why does Binance doing that? Because I think that, that like, I, I, I have a friend who lost, five, I think he lost, like, two Bitcoin in 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 in, in Binance, and he never got those bitcoin back he tried to communicate of course a lot of times but then he he just gave up and he decided not to to join uh he, he left he, he actually he decided to leave our our group and unfortunately we lost him forever from bitcoin perspective so yeah this is what i wanted to mention also
1: i, I think western uh people uh uh, should listen to this space afterwards and uh, yeah as they say check your privilege I mean the adversarial environment in Sudan it's uh, I mean it's overwhelming to just hear your stories but living through uh, those kind of issues you're just trying to get by and everybody's uh, fucking you over from every single aspect um Hey Pattern came in and wanted to ask a question I guess. Yeah, hello everyone. Um I, I was just thinking that given the all, all the all the the negative aspects, you know, all the 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 government um issues and all the the censorship that they have to struggle against if if is there any any project that that is building um transactions in uh, in alternatives in alternative waves like, like uh sms or radio radio airwaves or some other projects that i've heard that, that in some other
3: african countries are are developing that was just my question
1: i'm curious what ali has to say here because i think he's been doing a lot of p2p right
5: yeah that's what we have been doing but we have been doing that in uh, in in uh, in uh, in, uh, in whatsapp groups as i have mentioned i i know a lot of people i know i know them in a personal from personal perspective we met together we used to to i used to use like a local bank account to transfer money and then uh, they used to transfer the, we used to meet in in, in, uh, in, in, in like in just in random areas in the markets that was in 2017-18 that before the Al-Bashir the government uh, uh, took uh, like goes down because that at that period it was a very difficult for you to hold a USD, uh, not 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 just uh, a Bitcoin if if i think at that time if 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 someone knows that you 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 are exchanging in bitcoin that that's a, uh, that was very difficult like that is dangerous for you from a personal perspective so we used to meet we used to make a um, uh, a direct transaction then we came up with the idea of having a whatsapp group and a telegram group and actually when whatsapp goes down or when when the the whatsapp got uh, uh, i think when meet purchased whatsapp we decided to make a signal uh, group but it it doesn't it did not work the idea of having a signal group we returned back to whatsapp actually i removed the whatsapp totally but then i returned back to whatsapp just to be a part of this group i don't have anyone in my whatsapp account i think just a few people sending me message there but i'm just in that group and actually it's currently active and i can tell you that just someone just confirmed a transaction has been made through this this whatsapp group it's uh, like uh just a couple of satushis, like i think but uh yeah this is how it works so people used to because it's it's like a trusted area uh, if to join the WhatsApp, you have, as I said, you have to be mentioned by someone, but you also have to provide some uh, proof documents. And actually, we have a f- we had a few uh, we had a few uh, issues in the in the in this this group. Like people got scammed, but then uh, the the, the they, they were like a, a legal um, uh, aspect for, for these scams. And actually. Uh, the the money already came back, so we really we really built. A, 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 I can say a secure community. You can scam someone there, but you will. Will the money will be returned by legally because we have documents. We have we know each other. We know how where you, where you live. Like it's it's like really a secure place to exchange. And it's a fully it's 100 percent full a WhatsApp group. No one can join now. Unfortunately, but uh, and actually, um, we had a discussion that we we need to to make it bigger. We need to now it's not, now it's there is no Al Bashir government anymore. People can you can say publicly hey, I, I exchange in Bitcoin. We're trying to make it public, and um, and we will try to do our best. We tr- we will try to, uh, to 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 use this 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 trust area to 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 to, to make more and more Sudanese people trust about. It. Uh, that they can uh, exchange in Bitcoin
1: hey Ali it's super interesting and uh, it's also Sunshine has to hop on an aerial airplane uh, that's taking off very soon so please um, we we really want to hear your thoughts
4: yeah absolutely so um, as a general idea I think I'm just excited uh, to talk to all of you guys and to discuss about this situation and to give everyone who's uh, interested about Sudan and who's interested to listen to the, to the space an idea about this about the Sudanese culture, about the Sudanese history. Uh, I'm glad you, everyone is still thinking through, it's two hours and a half, and still there are 70 plus people on the space. Uh, I'm hoping that this was interesting. I'm really glad that uh, Lucas, you arranged for this uh, Bitcoin Fest to happen. And uh, I can't wait to listen to the other participants, to the other spaces about the other countries. And yeah, it was just really, it was really joyful and it was really breezy and it was comfortable. So thank you, everyone.
1: Thank you so much. It was super (laughs) inspiring and interesting to hear your story, uh, building your business with the help of Bitcoin. Hey, I suggest actually we start wrapping up here and each person will get a few minutes to present their story. So before we start this, let's listen to another song. And uh, this song is um, presented like this. Wad Al Zain and the Sunrise is a Sudanese reggae band that has made a significant impact in the music scene in Sudan and Africa. The band, led by Wad Al Zain, has successfully blended Sudanese rhythms with the traditional roots reggae style to create a unique and powerful sound. Sudanese band Wad Al Zain and the Sunrise hit Ayela Laghetto has six and more million views on YouTube. The song showcases catchy beats, socially conscious lyrics, and Sudanese culture. The band's music is popular in Sudan and the surrounding region. This was a little introduction by Sudan Hoddle.
3: I you
1: wow i'm so hooked on all this music super awesome hey um could you maybe start mr kryptor with some wrap-up words anything you want to say
0: uh i'm dreaming to see a bitcoin circular economy
1: in sudan okay and with that that was crypto thank you very much very interesting to hear about your approach to Orange pilling people via stable coins. I really enjoyed hearing that.
0: Yeah, I'm very happy to be here with you, locals, and all the guys from uh, Bitcoiners from Sudan and the audience. Okay, I'm very glad to be among this beautiful people. Thank you very much. Okay, and uh, actually, I, I will start listening to your previous uh, sessions and the next sessions
1: for sure. Awesome. Yes, yeah, thank you. Ali, please uh, go ahead and uh, share your final thoughts and thank you for coming up. It was really uh, interesting to hear your perspectives from on the ground. You are clearly an all-time uh, Bitcoiner in Sudan doing a lot of interesting stuff. Please go ahead.
5: Yeah, so I think uh, Bitcoin is uh, in any ways. No one can stop Bitcoin. Of course, we see uh, countries uh, trying to hold or trying to control control it, but it's not so. You either fall, you either be part of this huge uh, change. I think it's already, it's already made the the, the, the history of Bitcoin, but it's gonna make it more. Believe me, people still think this is the highest prices, or people because people care about prices. For me, I don't care about prices. I don't care if Bitcoin uh, equal one dollar or equal hundred dollar because I don't see Bitcoin as a way to. to I don't compare Bitcoin to 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 the legacy or to existing money. I compare Bitcoin to Bitcoin. One Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, and actually, one of the most interesting way that I I used to uh, to to spend my Bitcoin is to try to buy goods against Bitcoin. I I told you that I have I attend an ICSI exchange in Sudan a car against Bitcoin. This is something never happened in sudan i i i i I was part of it actually and i used to work i used to do software engineering but i used to get my salary in bitcoin yeah some countries or some uh, companies do not want to give me bitcoin so when they pay me my salary i say hey i want to buy i will go and buy bitcoin with my salary so Technically, technically, guys, it's a huge thing. Just try to learn it, and you will adapt it soon. Thank you, guys.
1: Yeah, that's super cool. And any companies uh, listening, uh, do you do you know a lot of uh, uh, Sudanese developers uh, that are interested to be paid in Bitcoin?
5: Uh, me, I, I know, I know, a f- I know a few of them. Actually, the one who told me this idea was my the same friend that I told is. I wish, I wish one day he will will join and talk. He told me that in 2015, that way more before I start learning anything about, even start adapting or learning about Bitcoin, he told me that, bro, if you started doing any software engineering work, just ask the people to pay you in Bitcoin. So technically he, the only one I know him, he can, he, he, he he is like willing to accept in Bitcoin. But I think more and more people, uh, will join and and yeah many developers in sudan know know me and i know them in personal i think i know more than 400 people i have a good communication with developers but there is not too much bitcoin blockchain developer in sudan to be honest but i think in 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 the future uh, I, I i can see that people are willing to learn more about bitcoin to use bitcoin especially about what is happening now in egypt you know we, we experience the the inflation in sudan and now egyptian people are also experiencing and what what have been mentioned early is that there is a competition between Egyptian uh, between Egypt and Sudan. So yeah, I think a lot of developers in Sudan. I don't know them in personally now, but I if if someone wants a developer who which you can pay him in 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 Bitcoin, uh, just ask me. I I will find someone for you for sure.
1: Yeah, that's super awesome, Ali. Um, I have a software company and I need developers. So let's talk and. Uh, Happy to introduce people as well. Hey, um, Sudan Hodel, uh, so nice you brought everybody together. What a crew! What an interesting conversation. Uh, please uh, share your thoughts.
2: Yeah, this has been very, very enjoyable, Lucas. And um, thank you once again for uh, building this platform, which is really making Bitcoiners uh, around the world connected um, and. Um, opening up all these uh, channels of communications and cooperation. Uh, So that's really awesome. Um, I think um, uh, I learned a lot in this space from all the contributions. um, And um, maybe I want to finish with uh, just thanking the Bitcoin community everywhere. Uh, Many people have been supportive with education. Uh, They made uh, very valuable work available for free. And I think uh, the beauty of Bitcoin that many people um, build on Bitcoin and build their platforms uh, based on the passion uh, for this uh, idea and the passion that moving all of us and um, as we explore this new territory and new level of consciousness. And um, I'm really grateful to be part of this. Uh, I don't know where it will go, but I will always be grateful to be part of this experience And um, Thank you much, Lucas. I really appreciate your work. And uh, thanks for everyone who joined us tonight.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, it's not just my work. It's a whole crew behind the scenes uh, working with Global Bitcoin Fest. Uh, So uh, I'm very thankful to having such an awesome group of people to work with. It's really fun. Uh, amongst those, Mary is one. Uh, she's editing. She's she's doing some of the quotes. Dak Sosa in the audience is also one. He's distributing the stats now. And um, uh, I just want to direct the word uh, to the last uh, person from Sudan here, uh, the other co-host, the brother of Sudan Hodo, uh, apparently a new new to Bitcoin, uh, maybe you want to share something as well um, from your impressions from this space?
3: Oh, hello again everyone. Uh, I would. I just want to say I'm grateful for sharing the knowledge together from many other countries, African, from Europe, from anywhere. I'm very grateful with sharing this knowledge together and uh, maybe next is best I'm gonna share also. A few knowledge, so i'm just beginning in this Bitcoin. but next time i, I will collect a, a more knowledge about it <laughs> thank you everyone yeah
1: i hope we inspired you to uh take your brother's knowledge uh, even more seriously because uh, i sudan huddle is a treasure trove of knowledge in bitcoin so uh, you should just tap into his knowledge sit and uh, listen non-stop for hours and hours and uh uh, he will teach you some interesting things about Bitcoin and uh, society. Okay, so thank you very much uh, for this space. I was very inspired to listen to uh, to your stories. Uh, oh my God, it's uh, so difficult, it seems, to work and operate on the ground in Sudan. It's not an easy environment. And for sure... We have heard today how Bitcoin really makes things simpler in different ways for people. And uh, I think anyone uh, in the West that is saying, oh, Bitcoin, blah, 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 should listen to this space and understand uh, that people actually need money that works and that is not in the banking system. Um, So uh, with that. Uh, I was also really inspired to see Ali come in and connect. I hope that this can be a future connection uh, with uh, all of you. It seems like there was two communities that met from Sudan, and this is what we're all about from Global Bitcoin Fest. We like to listen to communities from all over the world talk about their community and learn and also connect uh, different Bitcoiners from different communities. Globe Bitcoin Fest only follows verified Bitcoin maxis. So there's about 400 people that Globe Bitcoin Fest has interviewed and met. So you can just follow um, us and you will be able to listen more of these spaces and uh, you can follow everybody we're following because they're all verified maxis uh, through both interviews and spaces like this. And um, with that, I just want to say thank you so much. We have one last thing uh, that we're going to do. Um we are going to uh, say goodbye in Sudanese. Uh, but for that to work, I need Ali, I need Kryptor, I need Sudan Hodo and Sudan Hodo's brother. Uh, I need you to unmute together because this is supposed to be a little bit chaotic. So I want you all to unmute Together right now, so that I can hear your mic. And crypto uh, please unmute. Uh, okay, perfect. Please unmute, crypto Don't be shy. And uh, guys, how do you say goodbye in Sudanese? Maasalama. Maasalama. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. Is that Ma-salama. good evening?
5: or
1: goodbye? No, exactly.
5: Maasalama,
1: yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, yes. let's say it together. Maasalama. <laughs> oh yes. <Okay. laughs> With that, we have one last song. One last song. And uh, it is Nile Waves. Nile Waves. Uh, it's a song that I think you, Sudan maybe you should introduce, say a couple of words, and I'll play. Yes.
2: Yeah, this group was uh, in the early '70s. It's uh, it was a very good period in Sudan. The gold standard was there, so there is influence of uh, the funk and soul American music uh, meeting uh, Sudanese uh, analysis and perspective. So uh, I always love to go back to that era and listen to tunes from that era. Uh, so I hope I hope everyone enjoyed. it. <laughs> What happened in Thank you.
1: Thank you everybody. Have a great day, have a great evening, have a great life. Keep holding, keep DCAing, keep building, keep orange killing, keep doing all that good stuff. Let's build the Bitcoin community. Let's
3: support
1: Bitcoin wherever
3: we can, however we can. Let's use it. Ciao. Wow.
4: Wow. Wow. Global Bitcoin Fest. Celebrate Bitcoin adoption
0: with Bitcoin communities worldwide.